This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to episode 17 of the official Geek Speak podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and join as always is my co-host, Josh. Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where I watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Hey, Josh. Hello, Mr. Wookiee. I can't make that noise. You know this. You should try. I, I've tried. I can't. Give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new uh, new audio for the whole... That's a new theme song for the podcast. Just that. So, we've been gone for a minute. Uh, we haven't recorded in about a month. Sorry about that. That's insane. What? It doesn't feel like it's been a month. This is, yeah. This is, ah. The last episode was with Bueller recording about uh vs. Dracula. Well, we recorded ourselves the other day talking about the decom but this episode. That's true. And so that's going to be just inserted in here. We'll get to that in a minute. We're back, but stuff has happened to keeping us busy. We're both doing uh last semester of school and college, and so we're busy with our senior thesis projects, which we'll talk about more at the end. Um, I went to Universal Orlando and to Disney World. That's pretty fun. For my girlfriend's birthday, was, uh, she worked in Disney World. I went to visit her. So, happy birthday, Nicole. And happy almost birthday, Josh, soon. You turn 22 this month. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, go check out Bueller's film from last episode, which we promoted. It's now actually out, so you all can go watch it. Good film. Fun time. <laughs> yes, Josh. Good film. Fun time. I'm not lying. You're not lying at all. The way to watch it is to go to uh, site or go follow him on TikTok at Wholesome Film Talk. So, this week, Josh, we have some movies coming out. We got we Sonic 2. That's fun. Dumbledore. Uh, that's next week. That'll be a thing. And we have this week, though, Ambulance. That, I hope that's fun. The premise is cool. It's like when I saw the trailer, I was just like, huh, this could be another decent Michael Bay movie. The only good one I've seen is 13 Hours. Everything else is either mediocre or batshit insane. Transformers 2, better than Transformers 1, for both good reasons and bad reasons. So if you're new to the podcast, hi, welcome, stick around please, we have a lot of fun content we provide. Sometimes it's nonsense though, and that's always fun. That's what that's why people listen, So we have nonsense. four main topics, or four main uh, categories, what's the word? Topics is right, right? Categories. Yeah. Sections, segments. that's the word. Segments. Yeah. Four main things that happen in this episode, we usually have... News, a main topic to talk about for a little bit, um, a Disney Channel original movie, which we'll get into in a second, and the Super Weird Story, which also sounds like nonsense at first. We'll get to there. Just There's timestamps down below you can skip around. So every episode we go through a different Disney Channel original movie, or DCOM for short, and we'll see how in a short period of time the biggest media company on Earth, Disney, 
caters towards solely children with a large sample size, and we'll see any quality changes, etc. We have watched the last one of the 90s now, officially. Now it's horse sense. What a boring way to go out of the 90s. Uh, and that section we recorded at the other day, we're plopping that now, right here. This was supposed to be with Hunter's episode, and then we didn't do it in time. <laughs> that is correct. We we decided unanimously that because that was a whole episode about vampires, that a movie about horses does not really fit well. I like horses. They're an animal. We, this, we are, this is our 12th decom so far. We've watched You Lucky Dog, Brink, Halloween Town, Xenon Girl 21st Century, Can of Worms, The 13th Year, Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, Johnny Tsunami, Smart House Genius, Don't Look Under the Bed, and now Horse Sense. There are 113, so we have 101 more to go so far. My back is in an incredible amount of pain. This is not helping it, knowing this information. This doesn't hurt your back more to learn more. Oh, like anything can... The world works wonders in stupidity. So, this movie, Josh, um, according to IMDb, what the plot of this is, is after treating his rancher cousin shoddily in L.A., Michael Woods is sentenced by, sentenced by his parents to spend a month on the ranch with his cousin and aunt. I mean, kinda. Is that inaccurate? You tired? I'm always tired. Ah. Uh, Josh woke up today in a lot of pain. The back decided it wanted to try to murder me, so I've just been in bed all day. What's funny is it happened right after we watched Morbius. It decided to attack you after we watched Morbius Living Vampire. I don't think there is a coincidence there. I think that it's purposeful. Jared Leto is trying to murder me. <laughs> Not Morbius, Jared Leto. Yes. Alright, so this has two brothers playing the two lead cousins, right? Yes. Michael Woods and Tommy Biggs are cousins in this, played by Joey Lawrence and Andrew Lawrence. Um, Who's the, which one played TJ in Recess? Tommy Biggs, uh, Andrew Lawrence. Gotcha. Yeah, he, the guy who played TJ Detweiler is in this. Well, speaking of voicing things and sound, before we get into this movie in the actual content or plot about anything, there are some problems with the audio in this. So, you know how in movies, they record the sound, they give room tone afterwards, then they, mesh, then they mesh it all together in the edit. Room tone is a thing that you get on set, which I know before I got to film school, actually. Um, the idea is you record in the room you shot in for like a scene in with all the lights, all the actors, all the crew, everyone where it was to keep the room how it sounded on the audio. That way, you can put that as an underlying track to a whole scene. So that way it doesn't sound like that it's jumping from audio piece to audio piece and sounding odd. Yeah. They, not only did they not do that, it sounds like they ADR'd everything. It's shockingly bad. And for those that don't know what ADR is, that's usually like if audio isn't clear, you have to go back later in post and get the actors to re-record the lines, or there's just like explosions and stuff happening and you can't get audio in any way, shape, or form for that. This, I think they re-recorded every single line of dialogue. Especially for Joey Lawrence's Michael, because it, there's some shocking scenes where it's it's just you can off. see his mouth moving and something's happening. Like he says something about his dad, but there's his mouth moves first, nothing comes out, and then he says the rest of the line. You know, I think that if Disney didn't stupidly crop this movie like they have a lot of the other decoms, we probably wouldn't have noticed. But because it's cropped and it's zoomed in a lot closer, we get to see their mouths a lot closer, and we can tell when it's off. We might have noticed. We but, might have, but it would have been later in the film we would have noticed. This movie, it's the most straightforward of any of the plots that any of come so far. Pretty much. Like, 
We've had ones like Brink, like where it's your typical like you know cool kids wanting to escape, but the parents just don't understand kind of story. This is just like you hear that plot, you know what's going to happen. Like even if you don't know what a movie is, you know how it's going to end. The title in this does not make any sense. Not in the slightest. I kind of love it though, because at one point he like catches the horse and gets all sparkly and weird. Remember that? I do remember that. We watched every Disney Channel original movie from. The 1996 movie started, I think? I think 97. 97? Yeah, 97 was the first... Well, we started in 98, because we couldn't find the first film in 97. We still can't. Still can't find it. Anywhere. I think Disney Channel's probably buried it. But, we've gone through, we've watched all of them from the beginning of them till now. We're seeing how Disney, the biggest media company on Earth for kids, caters towards solely children with these Disney Channel movies over a large period, uh, sample size with a pretty short period of time with about 20 years. And it's really interesting seeing any changes. And we've only gone like two years in. Or, so it's... This is our last one of 1999. We're finally hitting 2000s next. What a whimper of a way to end the 90s. And then we have Up, Up, and Away next. Don't know what that is. Do I know what it's about? I'm uh, sure. Um, it has superheroes. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a comedy adventure about a boy from a family of superheroes who, despite not having any powers of his own... Is called him to save the world. That's sky high. That is literally sky high. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do they steal from themselves? Also, this poster is terrible. Yeah, that seems about right. Anyway, so horse sense, Josh. What is this film about? In your, you can make it up. What do you think it's about? In your eyes. Uh, what do you interpret this movie? I interpret this as a metaphor for how the downfall of capitalism will be because of the animals rising up. But only through the douchebag blonde college students will we understand this message. Am I right or am I right? I'm going to give you an F for that one. You're a little off the mark there. A little bit? Just a little bit. Damn it. That's like when Andy Dwyer was talking about uh, feminism in class. So, what do you think... What is the movie about to you, though? What happened? Uh, two brothers that are playing cousins, uh, in this film. One's a cowboy, one's a douchebag. Uh. <laughs> Something like a rom-com. One douchebag, <laughs> one cowboy. The, the douchebag treats the cowboy like shit. He promises Disney World doesn't, uh, own up to it. Uh, he's for, after a hit and run, he's forced to go work on his, at his ranch. Uh, cowboy boy wants to just be a dick to him for honest reasons. Douchebag learns what it means to be a horse. What? Um, and at the end of the film, it's all good. There is a, a man who uh, named Michael and who's playing. He's twenty three years old playing a twenty year old. Looks thirty five. Um, we're seniors in, in college. He looks far older than we are, which is shocking. He doesn't look like that much older. But he has a trip planned with his girlfriend who, of two weeks, by the way. But they're celebrating their anniversary of two weeks, and they're going on a trip together, and it's a huge deal and all this stuff. And he really wants to go to the French Riviera. Um, he wears a sweater over his shoulders, like a, like a, a posh boy. You don't like him very much. The, de- the dead parent trope exists in this film. Right. For one of the parent, one of the sets of parents, yes. For one single parent. And he comes there to LA to visit his cousin, who's Michael. And Michael promises in the world, we're going to go to these theme parks. We're going to go to these fun places. We're going to go to restaurants and all that stuff. He does none of it. He's like, ah, I've been busy. In his mo- for, for like a whole week, he's just out with his girlfriend, and he comes home and she's like, oh, you're still here. In his defense, though, he had plans the entire week, and that should have been planned out better. That's about, like, on if... Well, I don't know how planned he did. Was. He did know that his cousin was coming. It's not like that it was just That's a last-minute drop-off you're thing. Right. Hmm. So never mind. Uh, and then, because he gets... Cousin gets ditched the entire time. 
Yeah, so, so when Douchebag uh, ditches Cowboy the whole time, Small Boy, who's like 11 in the movie, he, when, when Cowboy goes back home to the ranch with Mom and Mule and Twister, which are ranch hand names in this movie, not a joke because they're actual names of the characters, Douchebag has to help out Cowboy and his family. And the problem there, he literally falls in shit numerous times over. Almost gets mauled by a bull. Yeah, he almost about to get gored. I, Almost gets trampled by a stampede. She goes through it. Um, also, his girlfriend gets so upset and calls him at night and almost gets him killed because of that. Um, I, In her defense, she didn't know. He was trying to explain some stuff. It's not a good movie. This is an A for me. Yeah. The problem is not like, you know, the performances. It's just the writing is just very basic and one note, which is very weird considering the writers of this went on to write the Conjuring film series. Not a joke. And it's very weird knowing that information and seeing this. I don't know how you go from this to that, but good for them. But, like, the characters are very one-note. There's not a whole lot to them. You know what their arcs are going to be. I don't really care about their relationship. There's a whole thing, like, where uh, Cowboy freaks out that Douchebag finished his treehouse that he and his dad were going to finish. That's the only time it's ever mentioned. It's never brought up again. It's never apologized for or anything. So, like... Why? The director made Brink. And there's a cameo of Brink in the movie. There that absolutely is. Uh, when they get, when Cowboy goes to Douchebag's L.A. home, he's got this big, giant TV room. He turns the TV on, and Brink is playing. Which, that's fun, because they have the rights to use it and stuff. Yeah. We would not notice that if we hadn't watched beforehand. That's true. So that's good for us, then. There's also a line in this, where Michael is talking to his girlfriend, who is also kind of the worst, too. She's not that bad, but she's... Not helpful or understanding. Did he ever, like, actually break up with her at the end? No, she just... He abandoned his school, his family, and everything to move in across the country. We'll get into that in a minute. But Michael slash douchebag is talking to his girlfriend and says about, um, a class problem. And she says to him, what about your school credit? And he says, you're all the credit I need. Which... That's not how it works. That's not how school works. I think the school would disagree with you. You would fail that class then. I wrote at one point, Michael's law is a little bit off. It was not only off. It was His lines are out of sync often. It's a problem the entire film. There's scenes when they're outdoors and they have, don't have the outdoor room tone and they can see they're trying to fill in space with like cars going by and stuff. It does not work at all. No. It's so standard. It's so basic. I don't really have anything to say about it. Could little kids find enjoyment in this? Sure. I imagine that they could. As an adult, I'm just like... Okay, I guess. This is happening. If I ha- there, There's no crazy sci-fi stuff. There's no insanity to it. It's so just normal. It, it's not even like normal in a way that like high school school is normal but fun. Yeah. This is just like kind of bland. Yeah. Like, again, even Genius. Like, that's a fairly normal-ish kind of movie. But there's still a lot of insanity to it. Both purposeful and not purposeful. Okay, the last thing we watched was, I think, Don't Look Under the Bed. Let me go to this. Again, like, that entire first 30 minutes is pure insanity. And it's very fun. Also, if you want to keep up to date with what we watch, I posted on the Geek Speak Twitter. Uh, I think it's pinned right now. Of all our decon on the list, you can keep... Please keep... check some of them out, like um, You Lucky Dog. That's that's quite a film. Uh, yeah, if you want to watch some of the decoms, uh, we could, uh, You Lucky Dog, we've been, we gave a yay to that one, we gave a yay to Halloween Town, Can of Worms. He gave an A, I gave a yay to 13th Year. Uh, Smart House was wild. Don't Look Under the Bed, Genius, and uh, Can of Worms might be the most fun ones to watch. I wouldn't say Don't Look Under the Bed, because after, like, the first 30 minutes, it starts to go down a little bit. 
But we were smiling for a long time. Oh, completely. 100%. This movie, though, there's a ranch that he goes to. Because their dad is dead there now, they don't have the money to keep the ranch. What is this? BVS and Justice League with Ma Kent? Yes. They, they don't even explain what, like, I get it's a cattle ranch, but, like, you gotta, at least for the little kids, tell them what that is or how they make money from that. In this, in just a small bit, at least. Yeah, it's never explained. I think they just kill the cows and sell them meat. That's what it probably would. Sorry, young listeners. If you listen to us when you're young, though, why? We curse constantly. They eat the cows. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> so, I guess they're doing an auction, and when that happens, Michael, the douchebag boy, runs up, takes the microphone from the auctioneer, and says, I have a solution. Trust fund, baby. No, it's like he has a... No, before, it's like um, he sells his car, and then he takes out like most of the money from his trust fund, and he's going and he's gonna give it to his uh, aunt and cousin to save the ranch, but they don't want, they don't want that. And, like, They're too prideful, which makes sense. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. Like um, As a kid, you're just like, why the fuck would you do that? As an adult, it's just like, I think I didn't understand that. But then, because he gets a D in his, uh, uh, whatever, his, uh, what, what was, it was the class? It was like an econ class. Some kind of econ class, but he got a D on his paper, but it was about specifically, like, um, loans and housing and, like, um, land property trust. rights. Yeah, yeah, land trusts. Um, and there's some kind of loophole about land trusts because there's wild horses on the ranch. Right, and it's their actual home as wild animals. And so through that loophole, they get to keep the ranch and everything else. Right, and he's like... I can say this place. I failed this paper. I know the answers. I did research. Did you, though? Google like, wasn't really around yet. I, uh, this movie's boring. It really is. I mean, like, it wasn't putting us to sleep or anything, but, like... I was... It's fine. Yeah. I could keep watching and be fine. Now, the sequel, on the other hand. As Bueller pointed out last time on our last episode with him, which you guys should check out about his Dracula film. Do it. Watch it. It's all good. It's good. But he pointed out that there's a What the fuck? He pointed out there's a sequel in this movie called Jumping Ship, which, as Josh told me, is about pirates. It still stars these main two characters, but uh, and I won't go into further detail, but pirates are involved. I don't know how we get from this to that, but it makes me excited. And that one was made in 2002 as well, so we get to... Not too far in advance either. We're getting close. But there are 12 films in the year 2000 Josh would go through. One a month? Well, we'll watch more than one a month. No, I know, I know that. <laughs> oh, boy. I, overall plot of this movie that we're missing. Anything, we're missing anything big here? Not really, no. You must go work on the farm. And he goes in his Gucci boots. He uh, did. And all white clothing. I, again, do you know what a farm is, dude? Like... Literally, as soon as he steps off the plane, he's wearing a cowboy hat. Everyone around him is wearing a cowboy hat. Like, there, it, it's something. It's something in the air particles. Of Montana. Yes. Only Montana, specifically. I think the same thing happens in the Hannah Montana movie. And Power the Dog. Exactly. Same thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, nay. 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 Cool. Wasn't that a discussion? <laughs> it certainly happened. That's recorded, like, a week ago now? No. Probably like four days ago. It was only like a few days ago. I don't know, man. Time isn't real. Look, I was I've been in severe back pain for the past several days. It's all been a phase. Phase? Phase? <laughs> Words. Anyway, continue. So we watched that, and now we have twelve in the year two thousand to go through. Neat. So the next twelve episodes will all be the same year of DCOMs. Neat. <laughs> Horse sense happened. 
Now, today's main topic, since it's been about a month we've done this before, usually with a big gap of time, we don't do a, a huge main topic, usually it's just like a, a news dump. We did it for episode 13, we did it for episode 9, uh, not 9, episode 6, and so we're doing it again. Um, and another reason for that is because our only real topic idea for main topic was Morbius, and neither of us really want to talk about it for an hour. Morbius movie. So, Josh, you get your Morbius news. Oh, joyous fucking day. One of three pieces of news that we actually have about Morbius. Even better. Um, yeah, before we get into the, the news overall, before we get into our thoughts on Morbius, Jared Leto. Again, I reiterate what Nikhil said. I hate Jared Leto. <laughs> Here's the thing. I hate Jared Leto. So, he refused, uh, like, his character has a condition where he can't use his life. He has, like, the arm crutches for most of the movie. But for, uh, when he's not vampire-y. Um, and to stay in character, Jerry Leto refused to not use crutches when walking into the bathroom. It slowed down production so much, they had to compromise and give him a wheelchair instead. See, that's not a method acting. That's being a douchebag. That's ruining the film even more than it already was being ruined by everything else going for it. I hate method acting. and Just Act. Exactly. You're only method acting for assholes. No one's like, oh, I'm going to hold the door open for everyone to be method acting. No one does that. Do that instead. It's because it's not a tortured soul. It's not going to get them an Oscar. They're nice. Morbius is in theaters right now nationwide. Uh, you can see it. Hmm? Nay on that piece of news. That, most things with Jared Leto is a nay. So we do also a system of yay or nay. So we don't, because film and media and art is all subjective and our thoughts don't really matter besides just two white guys bullshitting here. I will constantly break the rule, though. He, yeah, the whole point is to give it just more of a general how we feel about something, and less of, uh, this is actually as good or bad, and more just, for us, how do we interpret this piece of whatever. Um, and then Josh just says, that sucks, that's terrible, that's awful. I'm like, Josh, the one rule. It's still my opinion, though. You're not wrong. Okay. So this film, I would agree, is less than optimal. That's a generous way of saying. I think it is absolutely, at best, eh, at worst, Throw it away. <laughs> Please throw it away. Was that a good range of, of bad to you? Look, this film makes no sense, and not in a good way. Like, it's been two years since this film was supposed to come out. Now, keep in mind, that's two years of being able, of it just sitting on the shelf. For <laughs> some reason, Sony was just like, let's re-edit this. Let's cut out... Who knows how much of this movie was cut? It's only an hour and 40 minutes. But it feels like there is just stuff missing there, to make this story make sense. Yeah, there's genuinely a scene just missing or dialogue doesn't make sense. The, there's a scene that really bothers me because it's such an easy dialogue tweak to just do. And there's someone curing something and a, another doctor says to them, but at what cost? Implying there's danger. But to their knowledge, there's no danger to what he's doing. The the first 30 minutes, um, which that part is in... Um, Really rough. It's it just starts, it goes, but not in a good way. <laughs> his whole backstory of his childhood when he meets it's Matt so Smith's character, like I kid you not, in one shot we have Morbius and Matt Smith um, as children in one in one location. You cut to the uh, you cut to Morbius on the right. He's wearing a complete no. He's wearing the same outfit. Then you cut to Matt Smith on the left. He's wearing a completely different outfit. It's a different time of day, but it's not edited in a way that makes it seem like that. It makes it seem like the conversation is still going. There's a lot of weird editing choices too in this movie. Um, the visual effects needed work still. I feel like the effects got worse over these two years. Like, they purposely made it worse. The vampire effects look better at night than they do in the day. They also look Until better... Until towards the end. Yeah. They also look better 
when it's on Leto, not Matt Smith, because the facial shape is different. Yeah. He looks more like a zombie than a vampire. When, when Leto first turns into the vampire version of himself, like, it's fine. It's a, it's nothing amazing, but it's nothing terrible. It's fine. Also, they sh- when they first have Morbius turn into the vampire, they shoot the second half of that scene fantastically where you don't really see it in the shadows, like a horror scene. The first half, you see him, and it's not as, at all as cool, because you see the transformation. Like, Incredible Hulk did a great job of his first scene being a horror-like scene. Do you know what I mean? I'm just thinking about the Hulk line in this. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about the movie too much. Uh, it's a nay from both of us. It is a hard nay for me. It's not at Suicide Squad levels of bad, but it's not at Fantastic Four levels of bad. It's somewhere in between. I think Fan Stick is better than this, and you can quote me on that. Now, I want to reiterate. Also not good. I don't think this movie... Needs to exist. But hold on. I don't think this movie... The, the best thing about seeing this movie, it was like us and like 12 other people in the theater. All we spread were, out. We were laughing our asses off the whole time. Everyone else just like was just like, I don't know how to react to this movie. There were about two genuine jokes that were trying to jokes in the movie that actually worked. Most times we laughed were not from the jokes in the movie. No. And that, that stupid line of where Morbius says, I am Venom, they don't even keep the punchline that's in the trailer where he's just like, I'm just kidding, it's Dr. Michael Morbius. It just cuts. It also cuts an it. improv line from Jared Leto. It's terrible. It makes no sense. I will say the best moment in the whole film is from, Matt Smith is not the problem in this movie. He is not. He is, he is trying, but I don't know if he is genuinely There's trying. There's a perfume ad in the movie. There's a perfume ad. And that's it's not literally. Say, that's all we will say. It's, not, it's the way it's shot, the way it felt with Matt Smith doing something in the film. Uh, also, here's my favorite line in the whole movie and the way he says it. It's, I have risen. I am the resurrection. It's... Just like that. And it's beautiful. It made me burst out laughing. I'm like, are you trying to be sexy with your sayings right now? I'll give the director this credit. The I'll movie blame him entirely? I don't, I don't know who to blame for this. I genuinely don't. On to other news. We have about 25 pieces of news to go over. Oh, my. On the back of Marvel things, Josh. Positive things. First things first, Sean Levy, director of Free Guy and The Atom Project, and much of Stranger Things, is officially in talks to direct Deadpool 3, starring Ryan Reynolds for the MCU, coming from The Hollywood Reporter. Cool with that idea? I love Free Guy. I really liked uh, The Atom Project. They work very well together, so I'm very curious to see how this will go. And Stranger Things is great, and he does a good job directing the episodes and the characters. So, I am very curious to see how this will be. I just think it's funny seeing him go from directing the Night at the Museum movies to Deadpool 3. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yay? Yay. This is a positive thing for you, Josh. A show you've watched is renewed for another season. Abbott Elementary is renewed for season 2. I'm very fine with this. I've never seen an episode of it. I keep telling you to I've watch it. I've seen clips of it while you're watching it. It's very fun. It it's looks very, very good. Fun. Worth watching? Very much so. Is that a yay from you? It's a very much yay. I'm giving it a nay to piss you off. Why? To piss you off. That's not... You're also making other people mad. Look, y'all. We don't need more TV. <laughs> I, I do agree. We have a lot of TV right now. We but can this pause is, TV shows for a minute. But this is a very good TV. A good TV? Yes, a good TV. <laughs> a solo television set? Correct. Only for that one show. All right. Uh, other TV news, though. You like this show. I've liked this show for what I've watched. Harley Quinn. Ah. Heroes don't do that. That show itself, Harley Quinn, uh, which is a really fun show starring Haley Kuoko as Harley Quinn. It's fantastic. Animated show on HBO Max. Uh, started on TC Universe, right? But then... That fell. A new spinoff is coming from that show called Kite Man. 
and developing a whole show around the character of Kite Man. Who, if you don't know who Kite Man is, uh, his catchphrase is, hell yeah. It's great. He's in love with Poison Ivy, and he flies on a giant kite. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He is the best, and this is a very good thing. It's going to be ultra hard R, um, looks like. with surprise me. More cartoon violence. Um, this is news that comes from Collider, and... When talking about a show during the panel, uh, Schumacher said he tries to run the bar by himself, but it doesn't turn out so easy. What bar? Is there a bar in this? Oh, he's running a bar now. Yeah. The series is currently titled Noonan's and will uh, center around Kite Man after he buys Noonan's bar. This is an iconic hangout spot for the Colonel Underworld in Gotham City, and the location itself first appeared in the Demon Annual in 1993. Um, and so he'll run the bar, he'll try to run by himself, does a terrible job with it. And he says we'll have uh, Harley and Ivy appear in the first episode, but after that we'll have different goons and villains appearing every episode, like Lex Luthor or Bane. It'll be kind of like Cheers for supervillains. Great That idea. sounds really fun. I love that. But I would highly recommend watching Harley Quinn. If you can handle extreme, like, graphic a- animated violence. It's fine. So, yeah, I'm just giving that little warning to people. He was like, ah, there's some brains. That's neat. <laughs> Yay? Yeah, you say yay? Yay! Uh, hey, you've watched Morbius. Oh, goody, we're back on the Morbius train. No! Hold on! The Spunk universe, the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, is what they're calling it still, uh, 
has more things because Madam Web, as a movie was announced, starring Dakota Johnson, and now Euphoria star Sydney Sweeney is also going to be joining the film. I have not watched Euphoria. The show is what I see is seems like nudity, drugs, and yelling. He is he has walked in on the most random scenes when when I have it on in the room. It's I great. I love the the gay dad. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. The dad who is locked. No, I am who I am. I don't have no context besides random TikToks, memes on the internet, and the one scene I watched with Josh in the, watching it. That's my impression of Euphoria. Also, I didn't know Rue was the name of Zendaya's character until about a week ago. I don't know how Rue. My first thought is The Hunger Games. I know Rue was a character in the show. I, I thought it was Sydney Sweeney's character at one point. I thought it was another person's character at one point. Also, Jacob Ellardy was at the Oscars. Um, hosting, uh, he was presenting an award next to Rachel Zegler, and which, he's just this tall giant, and then she's just down so far. So I only know the gay man. That sounds weird. Uh, hold on, I don't know anyone's names in the show. I only hear sound bites and random clips. Uh, I will recommend seeing the first season and two special episodes. Um, you can skip season two, but uh, Sydney Sweeney, good actress. And so I'm very curious what her role is going to be. I love watching the chaos unfold from random there, frames. In like in the first season, there are no bad actors. Everyone is doing a fantastic job. Second season, it's more so because of the writing, but overall, very good stuff. Have you watched The White Lotus? Not yet. I've been meaning to. I've been hearing really good things about it. She's also in that. Yeah. Uh, and now she's ready to join Sony's universe of Marvel characters. Oh yeah, they re- did, they did rewrite it. Sony's universe of Marvel characters. Oh my god, which is Sunk, 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 Spunk sounds better than Sunk or Sunk. It's, it's all bad. We do not know who she will play yet. I've heard rumors of um, Spider Gwen. I've heard Black Cat. I have no idea who she'll be, but I imagine a significant character because she's a famous actress. And S. J. Clarkson is directing the film. They directed Defenders, Josh. Uh, and they directed Jessica Jones. Ah, uh, okay. So that's cool. That's a good director to get, I think, then. Um, so yeah, they directed uh, Defenders, Jessica Jones, Orange is the New Black, a part of it, and Life on Mars, part of it. So, that seems fine. City Sweeney joining... Other than yay. I'm going to give a yay, a nay. I want Sony to stop. Look, we know they're not going to stop. I want the movies to be good. I want them to be good. Bare minimum. I'm going to laugh my ass off if she's playing the you know, classic old Madame Web and not the new younger one. Miss Marvel trailer and release date happened. I think it's coming out June 8th now. Mm-hmm. The trailer looks fun. It's aimed at high schoolers or younger audiences, which is not a bad thing at all. It's it, it's the first true like thing from Marvel made for kids. That's fine. I'm excited. My fear about the powers came true, but also we haven't watched the whole show yet, so I don't. I, they might... Say, she's actually going to get her powers anyway, the way, the way we saw it in the comics. Who knows? Um, I really hate the power change as of right now. It it goes against the character so much. But I haven't watched the whole show. I'm giving the trailer as a whole tonally and stylistically yay, so I don't get upset too fast. Other than that, it looks fun. I, as we as listeners know, I don't read comics. I don't know anything about anything. So for me, I'm excited. No matter what. Well, the thing. No, about, I know about the. I know about the whole power thing. No, but it's like that's a superhero's power is a part of the identity. Like if you said Spider can no longer climb walls or swing webs again, it's like then that's the whole thing. Or if you said it's uh, the Hulk instead of whenever Bruce Banner gets mad, 
now he shoots fireballs. Like, that's it. That changing as one of the powers is who that superhero usually is, like as in their core. So it's really weird to do that with anyone. The writer purposely made it so they would never have sparkly purple powers as a point because they wanted someone, a female character who didn't have energy blast powers for once and don't change powers of anyone because that's like literally who they are in comics. Anyway, the trailer looks very fun. I love the style of the actual show itself. And June 8th. That's kind of soon. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Content. Yay for more content with uh, good actors. Yay. Scream 6, Josh. Set to release March 31st, 2023, according to Bessinimistic. I don't have the name of those websites called, but it's that thing happening. You cool with it? Sure. Scream. I don't. I, don't, I have no idea what they're gonna do with Scream now. Uh, moving on, but they keep making good ones. So like, I'm not angry at it. As long as they have a good idea and that makes sense for it to continue, then I'm fine with it. Call it Scream Six, though, please. Call it Scream Two, just to piss me off. Because <laughs> the Scream 2022, just like where it's how it's called Scream, makes so much sense in the context of the film, and it's like a meta thing they do. The f- great way to do that, but it's so annoying. <sighs> I like Scream. I want more Scream. Watch it. Watch me call Screaming. <laughs> scream. Even more Scream. <laughs> scream, colon, shout! Scream, colon, yell! Scream. Kicking and Screaming. The sequel to Kicking and Screaming. Anyway. <laughs> yay to Scream 6 being announced when the releasing, dati- releasing dating is? Sure, why not? Jack Black is returning as Poe the Panda. That's neat. It is, right? I think it's pretty cool. You like Jack Black? I do. How many Panda films did you watch? I've seen them all. Really? Yeah. I've seen the first two. I like the first one a lot better than the second one. I love the second one. I should rewatch it. I'll watch all three of them. I have the third one I know the spoilers of. I I have been around. The third one I really liked it uh, when I saw it in theaters. I I own it. I just need to rewatch it. This was an announcement from Netflix family, and also responded to is on, on, on Twitter. Also responded to by DreamWorks Animation, and they. Full quote is, get ready for pandemonium. No better way to celebrate National Panda Day than by announcing Jack Black's return as Poe in a new animated series, Kung Fu Panda the Dragon Knight. I love how, even though DreamWorks is now owned by Universal, that this is not going to Peacock, this is going to Netflix. <laughs> it's a better idea. Yay, I like Jack, I like, it's not for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing on the show. I, I will watch it, but I... Netflix has had a lot of troubles over the years of making an actual good show, kids show, like that is good. <laughs> the what? only the only recent one that I've seen that is genuinely like clever and is funny is oddly enough the Cuphead show. I don't care about the show, but not in a bad way. Like I'm not gonna watch it. I like the first Kung Fu Panda. The second one's fun, but I'm not. These aren't made for me. I'm a 22-year-old adult. I, this is not the target demographic. And that's fine. This is a fun character, and more kids can keep enjoying it. I'm cool with it. Yay. Yay? Yay. According to Looper, the site slash YouTube channel slash Instagram, you know, the, the media place, Looper. Looper's also a movie, which I still haven't seen. It's a good movie. But the, the Looper, 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 Looper Twitter account place, Sam Jackson, Samuel, ah, my tooth. <laughs> This whole part. Samuel L. Jackson is a man. Correct. He has confirmed that Don Cheadle will return as Rhodey slash War Machine in the Secret Invasion. 
Will it, will it be a uh, one minute appearance and he gets another Emmy nomination? Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> it's gonna be another six episode show, mm-hmm. all the hour long episodes. Uh, and they're shooting in Europe, in London. Neat. That's London cool. has British people in tea. Uh, yay on War War Machine. Yay. Uh, Paul Dano is a man with uh, uh, who played in the movie The Batman. Correct. Paul Dano is set to write for DC's Black Label comic series, a limited series about Riddler Year One set in Matt Reeves' universe. So he's writing it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's all him writing it. Oh, good for him. Written by him and Steven Subic, and it was also another combo creator. He wrote and directed some movie with uh, Carrie Mulligan and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And I heard it was really good. So it's, it is a six-issue bi-monthly limited series to launch in October of 2022. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I'm excited to see how this goes. I can never remember. Is bi-monthly, is that uh, every other month, or is that twice a month? So the same with bi-weekly, it can be either or. Wonderful! Uh, as was followed his version of Edward Nashton in the movie uh, The Batman and his first Becoming Riddler. Me. Yeah. I, I'm fine with this. It's interesting seeing a, an actor because usually in acting you have to do a lot of character work. So now you can like, actually put that to use and say, hey, here's my character, here's my thoughts over the character. But you're telling me that this is going to be a comic and not a spinoff show? <laughs> I know. Insane, right? It's already having two more spinoff shows, though. That is true. Which is just... Again, this goes back into, there's too much TV. <laughs> this one's a comic, though, Josh. Yay on Paul Daniel writing about his character? Sure. Hopefully it doesn't get too weird, because that character's already a little weird. Who knows? It's going to get pretty weird, isn't it? Probably. Oh, Prepare boy. for the weird. Yay! Yay? Yay. Speaking of DC, my voice sounds like Jerry Seinfeld in the B-movie. Hey! Hey! This is my new impression I'll do every episode. Ah! What is up with the cars? The cars and getting coffee in them, you know. No, you know, in the B-movie, all the cars are chaotic, but it still works out just fine. Ah, don't sting someone. Anyways. I'm sticking with this. Please, please don't. Now we have more Morbius news, Josh. Oh, goody. I can't wait. This is about Leto. I'm so sorry. This is about Leto uh, wanting Morbius to meet Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man via Screen Rant as an article. Um, and he said that would be so fun. You see, he, also wants, he also wants the character to meet Venom, which probably will happen. That makes more sense. I hate it, but it makes more sense. But him saying he wants um, uh, him to meet... Spoilers for Avengers Endgame and everything past that point. Him saying he wants to meet uh, Iron Man shows that he has not seen the goddamn movie. Tony's dead. He's he's deader than dead. He's like dead. Uh, not coming back there. So, if he if he wants to meet him, that means Morbius is dead too. I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this. <laughs> fine with this. <laughs> Give Matt Smith the franchise. <laughs> That'd be more interesting. It would be. But because and like I, I just want to go back onto the Morbius tangent. <laughs> there, there was no point in casting Leto. He was he was given nothing. He didn't add anything. He didn't add anything. He was given nothing. Like at least like I don't like him as Joker. At least he was doing something with it. Right. Like, and he was great in Ball- Dallas Buyers Club. He was great in Dallas Buyers Club <laughs> because like it was things there for him to do with. But here he was given nothing to do. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna say yay because it's fucking hilarious. 
just the idea of him saying this is a yay to me because it's he means he does not care, does not actually watch these movies. Just thought, oh, that'd be fun. Maybe he watched the first Avengers and that'd be fun. I just want a House of Gucci sequel, um, just about his character, just Paolo, even though he's dead. Spoilers. It's based on a real life thing. I know. You can't spoil real life. Y- yay or nay on this piece of news that he wants to, to meet RDJ's Iron Man. Can we stop giving... Can, if I say nay, does that mean that he stops getting voice out uh, Alice for his voice? Uh, what? Just him, I just wanted to shut up. Jibber, <laughs> <laughs> jibber, sh- sh- shut up. <laughs> Love it. Uh, agreed. Uh, on a different note. Um, also Marvel-related, Marvel-related, though. Elizabeth Olsen, when, uh, this is a Screen Rant article has confirmed that WandaVision will not get a second season. It's going to stay a miniseries. And I'm so happy about that. I'm fine with this. It does not work with more seasons going on. The no. story itself would not make sense if you continued it. Like, the other shows, yes, I can see them continuing. But, like, this one, no. It's weird they start out by announcing their miniseries, but then, like, we all know that, realistically, they'll get more. Either movies or scores, uh, second seasons. Yeah, and this news. Yeah. Barry... K. He is Irish. We are American. We can't pronounce your guys' names right. We are I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Barry K-E-O-G-H-A-N. Uh, spoilers for the Batman. Uh, skip ahead of the next timestamp, next news piece. Please skip ahead if you're not seen the Batman. It actually is a spoiler. You gone? His Joker or proto-Joker we have a full lead scene for now. And I'm glad it was cut out. It's an interesting piece, but it does not help the overall film it, it it's it's very similar to other things that we learn in the film so it's not necessary but i do love seeing that this is not only you know is joker crazy like he always is but he clearly has history he, history with batman and he's also he has high he has a higher intelligence than like most of the other jokers that we've seen i love the lineup it being an anniversary mm-hmm. and like, like anniversary of what specifically that's what i want to know like is it their first interaction is it when he's been in jail huh? Because that can be a lot of, or when he became in the acid from like the Red Hood to that. My question is, is how much of his, like you know his facial scarring? How much of that is from Batman? Because it is a deleted scene. The look doesn't have to be permanent, so they, they can actually get audience reaction now and see if he, when he comes back, what will stay or what won't. Mm. It, or he's still healing. My guess is that plastic surgery will be involved in some way or fashion. Because I also want him to have more hair than that. It's a little. I I know they did it in Gotham with Cameron Monaghan's Joker. I don't like it like either the this blotchy hair and stuff. Maybe it's still it's maybe the acid was fresh. He's still growing back. Mm. Maybe he wasn't fully joked. Maybe it was before the anniversary there's, of. There's a lot of ways that they can work around stuff and change right. stuff. Um, I like to laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. I want a bit of a classier Joker look. I want a bit of the sleek suit and the slick back hair again. Not Leto. I'm not asking for Leto. I'm asking for closer to the Mark Hamill animated series look at some point. So we haven't gotten close to that since Nicholson. And it'd be cool to see. Also, this version of Joker, according to Reeves, similarly to Nicholson, has a permanent smile in his, like, was born with that. Also interesting to do that. Um, cool. The scene as a whole, yay or nay for you? I give it a yay, but I am happy it wasn't in the final film. Yeah, I give it a yay. I like interaction a lot. Uh, I don't know if the dialogue is fantastic. Some of it, but it also, it's cut for a reason. Like, there's reasons it. It's not, we're not treating it as part of the film right now, just like, as a fun little piece. What is it like for us? Eh. I love seeing the Joker in general. I know it's like a very dude bro thing to say. It has nothing to do with, like, 
praising this character. I just have always been attracted to the comic book character, mostly because Mark Campbell originally, and then other fun cartoons and stuff made me think the character was fun. I've always found Joker to be an interesting character in, right. in multiple different mediums and the different ways that he's portrayed. Now, do I think that he is, you know, someone to idolize, or do I think the Joker movie is the greatest thing ever made? Dear God, no. That's a good movie, though. It's a good movie, but I'm not going to stand there and act like that it's better than Parasite. I definitely enjoyed that film, but I also know it's just a ripoff of two other films. Yeah. And so... You can recognize that and still enjoy the comic book aesthetic they had with it. Um, I do appreciate it with Barry Kay's Joker, though, that it's not makeup. I'm so fucking tired of the makeup. You know this already. I hate the makeup look for Joker. Make it actually bleach skin with weird skull. Do that, because that way, the whole point is he's permanently clown. Like, like so good. Something happened, Josh. I didn't think it would ever happen. A true miracle for Marvel. Wakanda Forever rap film. <laughs> That movie, we've talked about this many times, has had such a... Uh, pr- it's been in production hell for a long time. I, th- I think what's great about knowing that it's rap filming and all the problems that it's happened before, there's no way to be able to guess what this film is going to be like. It's impossible to guess. All we, all we know is that uh, Winston Duke was given a bigger role and a bigger pay raise. So and that, That's all we know, but like that's not enough to go off of. Like, no. you know, exactly what will that be? That doesn't mean he's going to become Black Panther. He could be, but that's not what it means. Exactly. So I'm very curious to see what this will turn out to be. Yay on rapping filming. I'm going to a big I'm, yay. Making movies is hard. That film has had a lot of problems for a long time but now. But also, as our friend Bueller always says, give yourself permission to make something bad. Like, if, to make a film, if it happens about this point, just say you're done. It's... It's over. You've done what you needed to do. You've done what you could have done. I think Ryan Coogler... Coogler... What? I can't work. Coogle? I think Ryan Coogler just needs a hug. He's just had, He's just been going through for these past few years. For the, rec- for the record, that's the director of the film, not just some random person. If you know who that is. <laughs> to any other Ryan Coogler's out there, if you need a hug, please get a hug. Also, if you are Ryan Coogler listening to this right now, email us at podgeekspeak at gmail.com. Tell you- us. You can. We won't record it if you have things to rant about. It will be off the record. Yeah, just rant. We'll we'll give you a virtual hug. It's great. Also, wrapping shooting things is Batgirl wrapped shooting the HBO Max film right now. I hate that's only HBO Max. Don't get me started on that. Um, yay on that as well. I'm glad wrapped shooting. It looks. It, we got Brendan Fraser back as Firefly. I'm so happy. We have Leslie Grace's Batgirl. Um, the cast of that movie is great. We have J.K. Simmons back as um, Jim Gordon. And Michael Keaton as Batman, which raises so many questions. So, do you hear about... I think, I think I put it in our Twitter chat about the potential thing with Michael Keaton and uh, Matt Reeves the Batman. About their leaning in toward maybe a crisis story and... Please don't. Okay, so don't. we don't... I know! There's I a rumor right now that of a leaked email. I don't know if it's true or not. But the idea is they're keeping Keaton for a few films, then they're going to lead up to a Crisis on Infinite Earth film, and in that film, they will kill off Keaton and make Pattinson their new Batman permanently. They do know that to make a Crisis story effective, they do need um, Flash. Yes. Watch and them use and there's, Watch and there's a use... couple problems with that that has happened recently. Watch them use Grant now. They might! <laughs> I think that DC needs to get their shit together, and this is not the way to get their shit together. I think that's the best way to get their shit together, honestly, because that because 
DC, whether they have a fucker in the universe, they fix it in universe like this. And I'm fine with that. It's convoluted as fuck, and I love it. It's messy, it's weird. It is that poster. I think if, say, um, this happens before the Batman sequel comes out, you go from the Batman, and in the Batman sequel, you just have, like, Supergirl flying all over the place, Flash is just meeting up with him, like, it's just like, hold on, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> uh, but that's not the news right now. The news is about rapping filming on Batgirl, and J.K. Simmons says he had a lot of a part in this. Also, end of, of Jim Gordon at home, which I think is very fun. We get to see him actually be like at his home being the father to Barbara Gordon. Um, which I just want the depressed alcoholic Jim Gordon from the Harley no. Quinn show. I love it so much. Yay, on the rapping shooting, I went, I'm so excited to see Brendan Fraser as Firefly. I'm just excited to see Brendan Fraser in general. Yeah, he deserves the world. Anyway, Josh. Hi. This note I wrote just says Ezra Miller doing shit. It has to be mentioned because this affects numerous film franchises that are under our wheelhouse of nerddom. Ezra Miller also pronouns they, them, theirs, it's, it's. Uh, if you're going to address Ezra Miller, use the proper pronouns. It's, it's so funny that we have more Ezra news. And the last time that we had news about them, we cut it. Because <laughs> well, it was well, very well, shocking. The last news we had about Ezra Miller was about them threatening the KKK. Like a specific, specific branch of the KKK. Going off and no, saying... No context. No, no context at all. They're saying that Ezra was going to murder them. Um, and, like, go off. If you just, like, look up Ezra Miller KKK, it'll bring up the video. But this... Ezra Miller is arrested for disorderly conduct, conduct uh, and harassment while in Hawaii. So, let's just break this down a bit. Um, according to a post by the County Police Department... Um, where it happened, Ezra yelled obscenities, grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman singing karaoke, and then lunged at a 32-year-old man playing darts. That's how it started. Ezra Miller, when running out of the karaoke bar, shouted, I know Delmore's secret, and the fact that they did that is phenomenal. Um, there's more. <laughs> I'm not done. Let's see. Uh, this is kind of the back of them winning an Oscar, sort of. There's an Oscar cheer moment at the Oscars. Oh my god. For, I, know, I know you hate it, but it's relevant to this. They won an Oscar for the Oscar cheer moment for, not then, like the moment happened where the Speed Force moment in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And then like two days later, this happens. Which, great timing, Ezra. Uh, also, they broke into someone's um, hotel room and harassed them and attacked someone, I think, and then left again. Ezra, stop doing shit. So this is... Also, bad. about two years ago, in 2020, they choked a woman out, and that's all we've heard about it. I th I think that... Because that, that also happened in a bar. This happened in a bar. It might be, like, an alcoholism problem. And again, no confirmation at all. No speculation. But it could be something. We don't know. I would bring it up because it... For Fantastic Beasts as a series, they have already changed one of the lead actors with Johnny Depp for far less in terms of actual arrests. Um, those were mostly just PR things, and now this happened. And as they're being their, one of their actual main leads. In a definite prominent role. Especially going forward. Fascinating. And then The Flash. And the, yeah, The Flash, which is coming out this now. 
a movie that has had more production problems than Wakanda Forever has and had. And they're in it twice as much as normally it would be because there's two Ezra Millers in it. And now the film has already been delayed to 2023 before this happened. So they can't, my they're, guess... They're not going to reshoot it or anything, change anything. You can't recast Ezra with this. They might. They might to save their own asses. I don't think so. It's either they reshoot and we get a new Flash or they just release as it is and no Flash sequel. Considering by the time the movie comes out, it'll have been almost a decade since it was originally announced. I don't think it's going to get a sequel. Three, Two, maybe three Batman. We don't know. It's more Batman than Flash. There's two Flashes. There's two Batmans. There's equal Batman and Flash in this movie. And they're called The Flash. Nay on this news. Ezra, stop. Stop spoiling Dumbledore's secrets. I'm so sorry. Ezra, I... You confuse me. You are a great actor. Why are you doing this? If you if you're having wallflower, if what? you have health and or mental problems, please seek out help. Please. Uh, but nay on Ezra Miller's news. Yeah. Bruce Willis is retiring from acting permanently for uh, a health reason. He has a condition pulling up what now it's called. It is called aphasia, and it affects his. He was diagnosed, and it affects his ability to recall his memory. Which would affect adapting for sure. Um, and that really sucks. Yep. Great actor. Yep. Guess why I first saw them in. You're getting it wrong. Hold on. I feel like it was an animated movie. Rugrats Go Wild. He was the voice of Spike the dog. Oh my that. god, he was! <laughs> oh my god! What? In a weird, like, hypnotic. Uh, yeah, I remember. Uh huh. Um, no, it wasn't weird hypnotic because she can talk to animals. That's right. It's pretty weird to me. But yes, that was also the first thing I saw him in. And then I saw him in Pulp Fiction, Sixth Sense, and other things. But that's really sad. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I wish that he had one last big film to go out on before he retired. He filmed a bunch of like things this past year, or but they are like strict duty stuff and yeah. all of that. So most likely, probably for like medals and stuff. I just had straight to DVD. Clearly, it should be streaming, not deep. My bad. Words are hard. They are indeed. And now we're ending all this news, Josh. Ending our main topic with the Oscars. Oh, that. <laughs> um, we're not mentioning the thing that happened. That's already been mentioned by everyone. Nothing we say will add or change anything. Who cares what we have to say about that? All we have to say is that this was a pretty bad year for the Oscars. Not the awards. The nominations were not bad. The but everything else surrounding it. Best Picture nominees overall, not bad at selection. Aside from Don't Look Up. We talked about the Oscars when Nikhil was on, mm-hmm. the nominees. And now I've seen more of them, we can put the winners specifically. So, the winner of Best Picture was Coda, which I loved. I'm glad it won. I would have been fine with, like, half the choices for Best Picture, honestly, winning. Like, I wouldn't have been angry about most of them winning. Same. Um, Will Smith won Best Actor. I thought you seen Kim, you seen Kim Richards? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was really good in that. Like again, like with Best Pictures, all the actors that were nominated, uh, I haven't seen Javier Bardem and being the Ricardos, but everyone fantastic job. I wouldn't be fine with anyone. Winning. I really wanted um, Andrew Wynn. Uh international feature film, Drive My Car. Not seen it yet. Three Hours of Grieving isn't really my cup of tea. I'll probably watch it. It's just that's a hard one to sit through. Let's see. Arnold Debose won Best Actress for West Side Story, Best Supporting Actress mm-hmm. for West Side Story. Awesome. And one of three uh, things. Okay, so I told, I told Josh this before. But only three characters have ever, in the Oscars, had multiple actors win 
an Oscar for the same character. Ariana DeBose and Rita Moreno. What was that? Uh, Rita Moreno. She won as well as Ariana DeBose for playing um, Anita in West Side Story. The same character, same role, but many years apart. Uh, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, and De Niro and Brando in Godfather and Godfather Part Two, same role. I think that's really amazing. I think it's funny that those three are the ones that's happened before. Cool. Uh, best director. Love this win with Jane Campion for mm. Power of the Dog. I wanted for best animated film it to be Middle vs. Machines. Yeah. I'm not mad at Encanto winning. I I I think it's again it's the effect of just release like when they released because Mitchell's vs. Machines was in like April to May, uh, 2021. Encanto was in November, and then social media stuff with like its music and stuff really gets into public consciousness. Yeah, good movie though. Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't. Always in our head though. I have not seen the Ajatami Fay. Have you? I've not. I've heard that Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield really good in it. Not watched. I don't think any of the best actress nominees for the not supporting, but for the actual best actress category. And that really sucks. As we saw with our twenty twenty one recap, we watched mostly blockbusters this past year, like as a whole. And that's because that's what we do for the podcast. Also, so we got our way to watch those more. I was trying to catch up with the films, but we didn't get a chance. I have not watched The Long Goodbye or Summer of Soul either yet, but heard good things. And then Dune won six awards. I'm fine with this. Very like creative and technical awards, like best score, uh, good score, best sound, um, which definitely deserved that win. I've seen so many people say that like uh, No Way Home should have won for effects over Dune. I'm just like, did we see the same movies? Like impressive effects on No Way Home. Oh sure. yeah, I'm not saying that the effects are bad, but compared to Dune, <laughs> also Cruella deserving definitely deserved his win for best costume design. They put in the effort on. That was great. Um, overall, the Oscars as a whole, in terms of, I'm talking about just the awards and the actual wins, not bad. Not bad. Everything else, not great. Let's just say that the Academy really needs to pull their shit together before next year. Um, but I'm going to laugh my ass off, but also be very pissed at the same time if they do what the Golden Globes did this year and just not air an actual the ceremony. Secret, really? The secret The secret reveal. They, they didn't announce that it was happening. It just happened. I really think next year we should have the Muppets be the hosts. Please. That's it. Not even, like, not people either, at all, just the puppets themselves. Either get the Muppets or Keanu Reeves. Two wholesome people, and it'll go fine. In the actual words, overall, yay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not furious. The, the ceremony itself, nay. I, but, yeah, at the Academy Awards, I'm giving the actual nominees and the wins Overall, yay. There were some snubs, of course. There were some things that didn't get nominated that should have been nominated. That happens every year. Um, but uh, these were generally well-made or good films that got recognized. That's great. But Josh, Riverdale exists. No oh, goody. You aware of that? No. You're not aware of Riverdale existing? No. First time I'm ever hearing of this. Ah, a show has gotten weird. I'm, I've heard. And now the characters have superpowers. <laughs> Look, they're... We know that there's... Hmm. How, how best do I describe <laughs> this? I think the writers already know the show is bad, so they don't care what they do with it at this point. So they have powers. But fun fact, Archie is friends with superheroes in comics. So let's talk about how Archie has met the Punisher. When did this happen? Do you want an exact date? Like, hold on. <laughs> I'm just talking about a year. 1994. That is way earlier than I thought it would be. Earlier? 
I thought it would be like the seventies. Look at the picture. It helps, like art wise. What? He is. So, do you want to know what this, what this is about? I have so many questions. The genre is humor slash comedy. So, I bring this one up because I mentioned this casually to Josh the other day, and it happened. He's like, "Please make a super story." I'm like, "Cool, I'll do it next now." So, Archie meets the Punisher, or the Punisher meets Archie. It's a one-shot comic book. Uh, an intercompany crossover written by Baden Lash um, and with art by Stan Goldberg, uh, John Buscema, and Tom Palmer. It was published uh, jointly with Archie Comics and Marvel Comics in June of 1994. In the story, the murderous vigilante Punisher mistakes an all-American teenager Archie Andrews for a criminal he is hunting. <laughs> Great. Love it. When he realizes his error, he works with Archie to rescue Archie's girlfriend, Veronica Lodge, who has been kidnapped by the criminal he's looking for. Interesting premise alone with the Punisher. I want John Bernthal to team up with KJ <laughs> in the Punisher show. Continue make the it, show. Make it happen in Riverdale or in Punisher. I don't know which one would be funnier. Do it in the same episode, but put it in both. Yes. So there's a lot of things here that happened. Um, let's skip ahead to the actual plot itself. We don't need much background on the characters. I'm guessing you all know who the characters are, probably. They've been in the cultural zeitgeist for a very long time. So the plot of this. When a drug smuggler known as Red becomes a fugitive after agreeing to turn state's evidence to the United States government, the government asks Punisher to locate and return him alive. Red escapes from Punisher in New York City, fleeing to Riverdale, where he adopts a new alias and uses his legitimate business interests to take shelter at the home of wealthy industrialist Hiram Lodge, like Veronica's family, who is unaware of Red's criminal history. Red draws the attention of Hiram's teenage daughter, Veronica, because his appearance is very similar to her frequent suitor, Archie Andrews. Because red, red hair. <sighs> to get back at Archie for accidentally ruining their date to the school dance that night, Veronica asks Red to take her instead. Get ready, Josh. Meanwhile, Punisher and his partner Microchip, that is the actual thing, uh, track Red to Riverdale, and are cynical about the town's innocent demeanor. They both hate it. It's too charming. <laughs> you know what's great about this? Is that Riverdale now exists in the Marvel Universe. Oh yeah, it always has. It's great. Uh, they see Archie with his friend Jughead Jones in an ice cream shop and believe him to be red. Because they look too similar. While they are observing him, some thugs from New York arrive and make the same mistake. The thugs know about Red's deal with the government and intend to kill him before he can testify. They abduct Archie and Jughead, prompting a car chase as Punisher attempts to rescue quote-unquote Red. After a, and then after a car wreck, Punisher quickly realizes his error and lets Archie go. Punisher and Microchip continue to secretly monitor Archie, hoping the remaining thugs will make the same mistake and come into the open. Are you looking at his bait now? They're using Archie as bait to get more thugs. T teenage boy, go on about your days. Microchip, we're gonna make him bait. <laughs> as Red and Veronica arrive at the school dance, the real Red, Red is recognized by a stage worker and a low-level drug dealer, who, hoping to improve his standing among the cartel, calls them and tells them where to find Red. Punisher Microchip, who have been monitoring the cartel, also head for the dance. Oh boy. Right, Josh? Sure. Meanwhile, Archie is told Veronica went to the dance with someone who looks like him, and realizing that she is with a criminal, he too goes to the dance. 
to do. What are you gonna do, Archie? What are you gonna do here? Oh, look! A criminal with my girlfriend! Let's go over there and cause some hinky stuff to happen. What do you think will happen here, Archie? He's not very bright, is he? No. Punisher sneaks into the school. What a great sentence to start with. I guess the the big six foot three muscular man with a giant skull on his chest and a sneaks gun. into the school and realizes Riverdale truly is as innocent as it appears. Determined to prevent it from being corrupted by Red and other forces, he disguises himself as a chaperone and, while looking for Red, identifies the thugs who have dressed like uh, caterers. As Archie arrives, the thugs mistake him for Red again and move in to kill him. Jesus Christ. He's like a 14 year 15 year old kid. He's like, I'm just having a time with my dance with my girlfriend. I'm getting murdered now. Uh, is this insane to you, Josh? It's insane yes, to me. And I'm loving it. Punisher uses non lethal methods to disarm and, and incapacitate them and clears the misunderstanding with Archie, but Red escapes with Veronica as a hostage. Red forces Veronica to call her father for ransom, but she takes the opportunity to use code words to let Archie know that she's being held in a specific warehouse. How? How does that make sense? You're on the phone with your dad. Okay. Archie and his friends accompany Punisher to rescue her. At the warehouse, Punisher reveals to Red that the informant who called the cartel to the dance has agreed to testify, and Red is no longer needed alive. Jeez! <laughs> during the, subs- during the, the next scuffle, Red accidentally triggers the automatic doors that open the warehouse roof, and gets his foot tangled in a rope attached to a large parade balloon. <laughs> As the balloon floats away with Red attached, Punisher considers killing him, but does not. <laughs> My favorite sentence in the whole thing. It's like, um, never mind. See, what would be great is, like, when the Punisher goes to Riverdale, he tries to actually, like, murder someone, either by gun or, like, you know, with his hands. And he just physically can't. Like, the the world he's in prevents him from doing so. Your wife is getting even more confusing? Good. Before leaving Riverdale for Gotham City. What? Which is not in Marvel at all. What? The next morning, Punisher and Microchip say goodbye to Archie and his friends. That's all we know. Why is Gotham in this thing? Because this is a Wikipedia article, so someone could have edited that. But, but I really hope they didn't edit that. But it was also in the 90s, and wasn't that when the Marvel DC crossover happened? Probably. This is actually... This is between the companies of Marvel and what is, uh, Archie comic. I guess it's just Archie. Um, so I don't know what happened here, but that's the story. There's a lot more about background development, which you don't need to get into right now since it just gets bogged down about how hard it was to create this story to exist. But wild. Since Archie meets the Punisher happened, Archie characters have had a tradition now of team-ups with characters from fictional universes, including Archie meets Kiss. Archie meets Glee. Archie versus Sharknado. Archie versus Predator. Archie versus uh, Archie and Batman. Uh, so I think we should tell more of those stories later on in life too. Jeez. I think out of all those things that's funniest to me is Archie meets Glee. Because that's, that's like a real human being. That's like <laughs> also Archie versus Sharknado. How do you win? How is there a, in an actual fight? You would lose. Just gotta punch the Sharknado really hard. So, if you're new to this, what I just talked about was a super weird story in the podcast, which is why I go through a different story in comic books or superhero culture and talk about a story that involves something along those lines that have been published either under a comic book medium or about a comic book character. 
Although there's a gray area where it's just batshit weird. Also fun. Like last episode about Swordsman, go check it out. It is maybe my favorite one we talked about so far. Uh, that was also the guest, Bueller, and that was amazing. So we also have a new email for the podcast. Everyone, send in your comments, questions, concerns, requests, or anything. If you want to make us a fun theme song, or um, if you want to make us fan art of Josh being silly, do that. You could do that at podgeekspeak at gmail.com. And we have a new email. It's a much smoother email than last time. Podgeekspeak at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at hashtag geekspeakpod on Twitter or at geekspeakpod on Twitter. Uh, Josh, where can people find you? Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> uh, Warning, Josh has no brand consistency at all. Everything's a very different thing. Look, it happens, okay? Because everything is not made around the same time. But uh, YouTube at Josh Rudolph. TikTok at Rudy underscore the film nerd. Twitter at J underscore Rudy28. And Instagram at J underscore Rudy16. You can find me on Twitter at The Theater Nerd, or you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at That Nerd in Theater. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Uh, please stick around and come back next time for next episode with another guest. Thank you all. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.